We're live. We're live. <laughs> hey, good evening, everyone. Uh, thank you for joining us from Dunn, North Carolina Gospel Tabernacle. I paused for a minute because if you were in this room with us, you'd see a bunch of pictures, and I realized that my picture's down there. So it, it sort of feels like there's people here with us, but there's not. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I want to open in prayer, and then we'll just jump into what I feel like God has assigned for us. And uh, I want to really, really encourage you. Sometimes I know watching uh, a webcast, it can be difficult to uh, stay focused, but stay focused because I believe that God is going to speak to us tonight. I believe that if you're in need of a miracle in your body, God will uh, uh, minister to you, deliverance, whatever it is. Just uh, I, I am believing and trusting God, and I know that we're not alone, that God is going to move through this webcast, and he's got to take us on this assignment tonight. So Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for the medium of media. We thank you for the angel of the Lord that's here tonight. We thank you, Lord, for words from heaven being released tonight. We ask for the mind of Christ. You said that you would guide us into not just some truth, but all truth. So lead us and guide us into all truth. And we declare that your will is being established. Thank you for miracles taking place on the live feed, on those watching by replay. And we thank you, Lord, that people have ears to hear, eyes to see. And we declare that what's being done tonight is being sowed on good soil, and we thank you for the river of God flowing tonight, and you said that out of our belly will flow rivers of living water, so let living water flow, and I just see like this, um, like just this rain in this room, and so let there be a rain exactly where you are tonight in the name of Jesus. Uh, guys, tonight we were actually supposed to begin our Healing of the Land Conference. Yes. Uh, it's supposed to go April 30th through uh, May 2nd, and obviously we are not healing of the land, but as we had to uh, shift our schedule, I really felt that April 30th was an important time to at least uh, minister through this medium and get out what God was saying during this time, and tonight I'm joined by my dear friend, Pastor Randy Hill, and I want to tell you, he's, he's the lead pastor at Gospel Tabernacle. I want to tell you, I believe I've lived in Dunn for 11 years now. And Pastor Randy is an answer to prayer. If you don't know that Dunn is Azusa East, and uh, the Lord brought me back to Dunn after going to Campbell University. I was living in Birmingham, Alabama. And I believe that he divinely sent me here. And I've, even though uh, I do travel quite a bit every week uh, before <laughs> Before this season, uh, uh, the, I, I would pray constantly for this city, and I believe that God was going to reopen the well. I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I believe that I'm beginning to see the beginnings of that, and uh, I, I just want to tell you this. I, I felt from the Lord to just say two things. I believe that God divinely puts people in strategic regions and in strategic locales, and I believe it's so important that we discern as the body of Christ where God's called us to, because when I came here, he wasn't here. God wasn't doing what he's doing here. He, I'm not saying he wasn't moving, but he wasn't moving in the me measure that I expected him to move or that he wants to move, and uh, so he's an answer to prayer. He's been divinely sent here by his family, and um, I wanted him to come here tonight because God's connected us together, but also to just uh, share what God's put on your heart for this season, this strategic time. And this is a strategic date on God's calendar. It is. 
It is. And Pastor Randy. Thank you for those words. Yeah. And uh, it's good to be with you tonight. I think it's interesting that, as you said, we were supposed to be doing our Healing the Land Conference, and um, uh, it was going to be you and I and uh, Michael Thornton. And I was thinking today, you do know the last service that we were able to have before the shutdown was with you and Michael Thornton. <laughs> yeah, so Michael, if you're watch watching, shout out. You better be watching. You were supposed to be here tonight. So shout out to Michael. Uh, so I thought, how interesting that wow. the, the last service we have you know, God's uh, just showing yeah. the unity and the connection. And there was connection. such a power released that night, too. Ooh, yes, sir. And a word from the Lord. It was. It was a great, great night. Um, we're in an interesting time. You know, we talked <laughs> a lot before we went on, but uh, my wife, Bonnie, she says that God's put everybody in time out, mm. you know, and it's a time for us to reflect. But uh, I shared some things early this morning to the church and uh, on a... Uh, Facebook, but I want to just kind of reiterate what the Lord Absolutely. dealt with me yeah. about. Uh, I do believe that today is significant. I believe that April 30th is a day that God is telling the church, it's time to get up and walk in your authority. Um, I don't believe, and you correct me if I'm wrong, I don't believe it's up to the governor's the politicians, and the medical field the way this country is going to go. I believe it's up to the church. Amen. God said if my people would pray, yeah. he'd heal the land. Yeah. And um, this morning, I, the enemy has just been fighting us all week. We know that tonight's going to be powerful because of a lot of things that happened here in preparation for it. But I woke up this morning, and I don't know if you've had a day like this. I was done. I was just <laughs> done with this. And I went to prayer about it, and the Lord spoke to me and said, because I'm going to confess, I was complaining about our governor, I was complaining about, you know, what's happening. And the Lord corrected me and said, you're not battling flesh and blood. Amen. You're battling a spirit, Amen. and you need to come against the spirit. Yeah. You need to declare COVID-19 is done. Yeah. And then you need to declare that the church rise up. Well, then he took me to Psalms 149, verse 5. It says, let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and the two-edged sword in their hand. We need to stop complaining about what's happening, and we need to start giving God praise again. Amen. And, he's, and the Bible says this, that this happens so we can show vengeance on the nations. The Bible says that the kingdom of God suffereth violence, but the violent take it by force. Daniel chapter 7 says that in the last days that the enemy is going to come against the saints and try to wear them out, try to discourage them. I've noticed, Abner, in the last week the saints are starting to get a little weary. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think even, I think we've been talking just as we go around town probably the last 10 days, yeah. a little more. There's more people out there. People are getting restless. And um, we, we need a divine intervention in our nation right now. There's so much infighting and yeah. we're going to do this. And, and I sense that, and, and, and 
the Lord told me earlier in this week, He said, I'm taking the church, not just this church, but churches, the church is the body of Christ. That's right. I've taking the church back to a factory reset. Now, we had one of the computers here at the church die this week, and I think that's why God really spoke with me on that. <laughs> you know, sometimes when a virus or something gets into the, to a computer yeah. and the computer is not operating the way the manufacturer wanted it to, you can take it back to a factory reset, mm. and it goes back to the original intent. Mm. The original intent of the church is found in the book of Acts. Mm. But we've gotten away from that in 2,000 years. Mm. We've gone to programs. We've gone to celebrities. Mm. We've gone to um, things that where we, a lot of preachers don't preach the Bible anymore. Mm. We try to tickle people's ears. I think God just said, no, I'm shutting everything down mm. on purpose. I do not believe. I don't believe that God sent the virus. I don't believe that. Right. But I believe that God's using the virus. Yeah. And the story that comes to mind today as I was meditating on this was Joseph. Mm -hmm. Joseph had a call of God on his life to be a ruler. He had visions and dreams. But the path to get to the palace went through a prison. Yeah. That's not the path we would have chose. No. I think, I think that's a great point because uh, there's... In the mind of God, and I'm, I'm going to, I totally agree. I don't believe that the virus is from God. When we talk about original intent, it's a big deal to me. It's what I write about. Just finished another manuscript, and I really go into that concept of original intent. God cannot cause evil, cannot cause destruction. It's not part of him. But, and, and also, in, if you look at the original intent, the earth, he is so committed to his word, he said, be over all the earth. So he's committed to the, that word. He said, the heavens, even the heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he's given to the sons of men. So, there you go. So, but in the middle of that, I would say often God allows what he could prevent because I don't think Joseph chooses to go, to, to, to move into that transition to get him to the place that he needs to go. It was a forced right. training, even though obviously we know his heart was right. And I do believe that in the middle, I, I have the same word here, reset, that it's, a, it's an opportunity to, to respond correctly. And, and as you know, because you, yeah. you were here that night, yeah. a few weeks ago we did, we celebrated Passover. That's right, yeah. And... As I've been praying about Passover, you immediately leave Passover and you come into the Feast of Unleavened Bread yeah. where you're supposed to make sure your house is clean. Yeah. When I was in prayer uh, at the end of last week and earlier this week, God began to deal with me a lot about the next feast, which is Pentecost. Yeah. And that's coming up on May 31st. Mm -hmm. Now, if everything goes as we think it might go, it could be the first time we get to meet is on May 31st. I'm believing, God, there's going to be a room full of people and webcast and everything. Amen. That's several what services. I believe. Because, Abner, I believe with everything in me, the windows of heaven are open. When Jesus died, he opened up heaven. Yeah. But I believe there's going to be a, the next outpouring. Yeah. I believe we're going to see at Pentecost. But here's what was interesting. Passover is what you and I did. We were to kill the lamb. We were to get the bitter herbs. We were to prepare the meal. Mm -hmm. 
and to celebrate it. It was based on what you and I did, but it was also based on family. Mm-hmm. It was based totally on in your house. Yeah, it's good. But Pentecost was a gathering. Yeah. Pentecost didn't happen in the house. Yeah. And Pentecost also, you can't, you can't create a meal for Pentecost. Pentecost was go get your heart right. Yeah. Go tarry. And I heard a minister say the other day, and I loved it. He said, in Acts 1, Jesus is getting ready to ascend. And the disciples are saying, hey, what about this time? What about this? What are we going to do about the government? What are we going to do about this? That's where we are right now. We're going to God. When's the quarantine over? When is this going to be over? And Jesus looked at him and said, quit worrying about what's going on outside and go seek the promise of the Father. Yeah. Here is the interesting point. When the Holy Ghost fell, nothing on the outside was any different. Rome was still in control. That's right. Everything they asked God about never changed. Yeah. But they changed. Yeah, that's right. I believe that we are about to see another Azusa East. But God's not going to change our situation. He's going to change us. Why? Because when they were changed, the Bible later on says, they went out and turned the world upside down. Yes, Lord. Yeah. So that's what I'm believing for. Yeah. That yeah. we are going to be so changed by this outpouring that we're going to get out of the church, mm. get come and gather, have an outpouring, and then go out and change the world, which wow. is the original intent. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well that, that kind of goes along with um, so much of uh, what the Lord put on my heart tonight. And when, when this actually just a few days after that, I think it was that Saturday morning after I was supposed to go to Ohio and just things began to, you know, the world began shutting. I went immediately before the Lord and uh, one of the first things that the Lord told me was, this does not change my purpose for this season. Amen. And, and then he brought me to, um, he told me to take time, every, and I always do this, but he was reemphasizing this truth to me said every morning I want you to go before me and take time to listen to what I'm saying and I and I say this because I believe what what you're talking about there that um, when Jesus taught about two different people in scripture there's only two different types that he mentions he mentioned those building on the sand and those building on the rock and actually right before that the context of that is when they said, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? And I always find that fascinating because he doesn't rebuke the miracles, but he, he uses that word. He said, you were lawless. And it means they were unrestrained. They weren't disciplined. But they were, he doesn't say their miracles were false. He doesn't say their prophecies right. were false. So two things that just so jump out at me, they think they're connected to God based on their outside reality. And they're not. He's like, no, you're unrestrained. You're actually doing works in my name. You're actually doing things in my name. And it's actually, it's actually fruitful in that sense. But you are unconnected to me. And then immediately he talks about two different people. It doesn't, there's no demilitarized zone. And I think this is really important, especially for the people of God. Because sometimes people are like, yeah, I'm sort of obeying God. And he's not looking for perfection, but he is looking for surrender. And he, he's got two different types of people. And he says, he said, those who built on the solid rock uh, are the ones who are able to save the storm. And those who build 
uh, on the sand cannot sustain the storm. And I always find that fascinating because it's not till the storm comes that they realize how they've built. And Jesus obviously told us, in this world, you're going to have trouble. But it's amazing to me because if you looked at the, if you looked at both of these houses, like, oh, everything's fine. And, And I always liken that if, obviously, my cultural context is the Western world, so I go, the person's going, praise the Lord, hallelujah, they could speak in tongues, they could, you know, they've been a, a member of the church for years, they, they, they got it down, they go to Wednesday night service, but the internal reality is not correct, right. and it's when the storm comes, it rips away what they have, and in the middle of crisis, they actually discover how it's built, and the re- the reason I say that because the Lord really emphasized the fundamentals and it was something that I, he couldn't get me off for like nine months and he kept going, go back to the fundamentals. And so I, I want to, I, I, the reason I'm saying all this is because in the middle of this crisis, maybe you're watching this and you found like, man, I'm, I'm fearful. I'm wondering where my pay, next paycheck is coming, all that stuff. This was a locating, this was locating maybe where your foundation was built and it was an opportunity for you to discover. And God's not mad, God's not, right. God's not upset with you. There's no shame, no blame. The enemy does that, all that stuff. But one of the things I believe, and I actually had that word. I, I, I want to declare this. God did not create this disease. God did not start it. A biblical worldview, I don't know how you can embrace that. But, he wanted to use this opportunity as a divine reset. And I just want to uh, define that word reset. A simple, there could be many, but to set again or to see differently. And one of, one of the things oh, that... I like that. One of the things that... And I'll let you jump in here in a minute. Uh, in a minute. I'll let you jump in. One of the number one goals for believers is not to get you baptized in the Holy Spirit, not to, not to get you operating the gifts of the Spirit, not to get you in your purpose. One of the number one goals is for you to see differently, mm-hmm. become like Him, and when you become like Him, all that other stuff gets yeah. taken care Amen. of. You know, the point you're saying is they Let's came to Jesus yeah. and they said, we did miracles, we did this, we did that. Everything was external. That's right, that's right. And then Jesus comes right back and says, there's two houses, and the external looks good. But the problem is, the problem is in the area that you cannot see. You can't see a foundation. That's right. right. If you see the foundation in your house, your landscaper messed up. Yeah, yeah. But what was Jesus saying? It's not what you're doing on the outside that's right. That's important. That's right. It's what's happening on the inside of you, in the part that nobody sees. We all dress up on Sunday morning and look right. good. Right. But nobody knows what people are going through when they're going. And even tonight, you might be saying, oh, I believe on that, and that's encouraging. But inside, there's a tormenting going on. And the reason that's happening is because of a foundational principle. Right. We're not where we need to be in the foundation. Right. There, there is always something that I've been mulling over for years with the Lord. And it was, he said, you've heard it said, if you commit adultery, you know, Old Testament. But he said, but I say to you, if you commit, if you lust after a woman, because this is just a huge deal to me, just as a disciple. It's like, and why does he say that? Because he knows if it's in here, if it's in your heart and it's not repented of, you're eventually going to behave. And he, they asked him, Lord, what do we need to do to do the works of God? 
because there is that the religious spirit, and, I, and the reason I'm hitting on this, and any one of us can be influenced by it, the religious spirit is focused on the externals. It's focused on, um, I, sadly, I know of leaders who only cared what was on the outside, but inside, and they cared about what they looked like in public ministry, but the inside was not correct. So, so Jesus teaches us if the inside is not correct, if, you, if that's not repented of, eventually it will show out. And they ask him a question one day, what do we need to do to the works of God? He goes, this is the work of God to believe. You can't see what somebody's belief system, it's only demonstrated in their behavior. And somebody just posted this, and, and I'm going to share it. Yeah. When pressure comes, it reveals the cracks. Yeah, that's When right. do you know if your foundation is jacked up? Yeah. When a storm hits. Yeah. And, when, yeah, you know, yeah. and I think that's what's happening in the church as a whole right now. Yeah. We kind of got off the foundation of the original intent yeah. of the church. Yeah. You know, Acts, it was all based on, you know, uh, the signs and wonders, believing God. There was no superstars. It was just the number one priority, go be with God. Go yeah. be with God. That's it was right. all about God. Yeah. I've had people say to me, well, I've quit really preaching certain parts of the Bible because, you know, people don't want to hear it. Wow. Well, my children, when they were little, they always wanted to eat ice cream, but that didn't mean I always let them eat it. Yeah. Because I knew what was better than they did. Yeah. Don't let immature people, Pastor, tell you what you ought to be preaching. Well, there's... Here's another one of my meditations, Amos 11, where he said there's going to come a famine, not for bread or food, but of hearing the yeah. word of the Lord. And I just, it jumped out to me about a week ago, and I always pray, Lord, make me a good hearer. And we know Hebraic culture, hearing was doing. If you heard and didn't do, then you really didn't hear. Right. And Jesus said, he who has ears, let him hear. And I believe that And the Lord has spoken, I don't know, maybe it's been three years. One of the things that the Lord has said is, this is a season of unprecedented revelation for the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. Not just this season, but for the body of Christ. And so I, I believe for people who have ears to hear and eyes to see, this is the greatest time to be alive. Yeah, and, and you know, and you were on a service with me about a month ago where we sat right here. And we had Michael Shaw with us, and we talked about Second Chronicles 20. Yeah. And I love Second Chronicles 2020. I'm not trying to play a, a tag off the year 2020, but it says, Believe in the Lord God, and you shall be established, your foundation. Yeah. Believe the prophets, and you'll prosper. And wow. this hit me today. There's a lot of people, you're giving up on the prophetic words about this year. Yeah, The words that you heard in January and February, mm. you've kind of said, well, they must have missed it. No, I'm telling you, the prophets didn't miss it. Yeah. The, and I'm ta we're taking our year back. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah, going to yeah. take 20. I'm, I'm going to just go there if that's all right. I'm going to prophesy right now to you that are watching, 2020 is still going to be the greatest year you've had. I'm telling you, we're coming out of this setback, our, our setup, with more increase than we went into it. Well, it's really interesting you said that because another thing, I think I just mentioned it. The Lord said, review what I said. And uh, I felt like the excitement of the Lord going into 220, um, probably in, I, I have it written down, September 4th, the Lord began to speak to me. He spoke to me just about up until Christmas. And we, we titled the word 220 and beyond because it was 
beyond, and I think God is more seasonal than yeah. calendar year, but he said 220 will be a defining year for the body of Christ. And then this is what really struck, and I don't want to suggest that I knew a crisis like this was coming, but these are the words God gave me. He said this will be a season of divine turning, divine unity, divine disruption, divine chaos, and during chaos in the nations of the earth, in the unseen realm, divine justice is coming to pass for, wrong, for wow. past wrongdoings. So um, I, I just, in the, in the time of reset, I believe it was an opportunity. And, and the re, there's a reason I'm emphasizing, I want to lead to something. But I just want to, what has been something in this season that's just kind of been really highlighted to you, just, even just as a priest before the Lord? Back in January, the Lord spoke to me and he said, this is going to be a year of great glory mm. and of great shaking. Mm. Well, wow. we had no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I even shared that with the church. Uh. I put it on a side. This is what the Lord shared with me. Mm -hmm. And he said, but I'm calling you into intimacy with me. Wow. And the more intimate you are with me, the less the shaking will affect you. Now, that's not word for word. I don't have it written down in front of me. That came to me while we're talking. Right, right. The more intimate we are with God, the less the shaking will affect us. Whoa. Now, watch this. Going back to Pentecost. Yeah. Because I've been thinking and I'm preaching this on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So you that are hearing it tonight, just hear it again. Um, Do you know Brother Robert said? What's so that? He said, if something... If something's not worth preaching seven times, it wasn't worth preaching once. There you go. <laughs> so, Oral Roberts was All right. General Thank you, Oral. Yeah, yeah. Peter, who, you know, we love to talk about Peter because he reminds us of us a lot of times. You exactly. Know. But here's Peter in a week. He, he denies the Lord at a fire with just a few people around him. Mm. The pressure of what people think. Wow. The shaking... Right. He couldn't handle it. Right. He goes into the upper room and he gets intimate with God, mm. the Holy Spirit. And the same guy a few days earlier who buckled under the pressure of just a few people gets out in front of thousands. Yeah. We know that 3,000 were saved, but that means there's more there. That's right. He gets up in front of thousands and declares, let me tell you who Jesus is. Right. What changed in him? Yeah. He got intimate with God. Yeah. The outside hadn't changed. The shaking was still going on. That's right. But his intimacy took him into a glory that superseded what was defeating him just a few days earlier. Yes, Lord. I, I, yeah. I believe that what's happening right now, Omaha, that as the church yes, is Lord. becoming more and more intimate. Look, we don't have to worry about sports drawing us away because there, there, there's no sports. We don't have to worry about entertainment. No, it's a time like Whoa. no other that God has given us to become intimate. Why? Yeah. So when this thing opens up, yeah. we'll have a greater glory that what used to defeat us will not defeat us anymore. Yeah. And that's what I'm hearing in this scene. There, there's something that keeps jumping out to me, and the Lord just reminded me a few seconds ago about Pentecost, and, uh, and then I'm, what you're saying just resonates with what I was going to sh share here in a moment. Um, when he, Jesus, he gives, he, he's, he, uh, he, get, he breathes on the Holy, breathes on them. 
He, commit, he tells them, uh, Matthew 28, go. He gives them the, the commission to go, but then he gives instructions. He's like, don't leave Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. Right. And what would I say? Most commentators believe that when he gave that word, there are probably 600 people there, yeah. and many people turn from the journey, and it goes back to that word. There's a preceding word that God has given and I believe it's so important in this season to stay the course and what he's called us to do because when the Holy Spirit was poured out, I mean, history was made. The world was never the same. Yeah. And I believe that there, there's always grace. We can turn back. But you got in on the ground level. Yeah. And for eternity, these saints are still gone. We were there. Well, you know, it's like you said earlier and we were talking about, and I mentioned Jehoshaphat, believe in the Lord God, you'll be established. Believe in his prophets. That's right. You know this as being a prophet, that many times when a prophet declares, here's the word of the Lord, Mm. immediately everything looks opposite of what the prophet declared. Exactly right. Why? Yeah. Because there's always that season of filtering. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To find out who's going to still believe. Well, well, we started tonight touching briefly. Joseph, if Joseph had said, well, I guess I missed it in my dream and felt bad for himself yeah. and defined himself by his circumstances, he probably never becomes prime minister of a nation. And I believe that, that this is one of the things, you're talking about intimacy. I, I, this morning I was um, just writing a letter to my partners and I felt led to share it tonight of just, truths that the Lord has highlighted to me. And there, there's a reason I'm saying is I want to share this encounter that I had with the Lord uh, probably uh, about 14 days ago. But here's some just truths. And again, these are fundamentals, but you never grow past them. I'm still growing them, still haven't perfected in them. But here's just a few things that just jumped out to me that been highlighted to me in this season. We were created to find our greatest satisfaction in knowing God. And, and it was like... And it was like, I, I just thought to myself, I've always thought this, like, life doesn't make any sense to me if it's not with this ongoing fellowship with God. Yeah. It's just like, like my life is off rhythm. And, and um, I want to say this, it, like, sometimes people think I harp on this or I talk about this all the time. Oh, you're in ministry, you've been in ministry. I had a relationship with God. And thank God, I've got to practice this in this season. I've always said, if the public ministry ends tomorrow, I'll retreat to my private ministry. And um, there was a Catholic theologian who really upset his people at the time. And they, they, they put him on trial and they said, we're going to have to kill you. And so they actually box him in alive. And he's blessing the men who box him in. And he said, now I retreat to my, my private ministry. And he blessed every person. And all, all these guys had testimonies of um, encountering the Lord, of, of becoming born again after he ministered. He goes, because now I retreat to my private ministry, always loving the Holy Catholic Church. Woo! And because he was a man not defined by the outside. And um, let, me, let me just throw these out there prioritizing friendship with God is not an option. In the context of friendship with God, we must spend intentional time listening and resting in his presence. And this is my, I will harp on this till 
I step over to the other place or, or whatever. I don't know how. I, I, I'm going to live to 120 at least. But um, your personal time with the Lord, I always encourage people with this, is not about what you do for God. It's not about screaming and trying to get to God show up. A lot of it is just, hey, I just want to enjoy time with you. Yeah. My wife tells ahead, me all the time, just sit with me. <laughs> just sit here and be present. Yeah. You know, I'm like this sitting, but I'm sitting with you. So no, put your phone down. And, and sometimes we come to God with our own agenda. Mm-hmm. You know, I love what you just said because right now you're Abner. Yeah. Child of God. Amen. But everything you do publicly is a result of what you do privately. Amen. And, 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 you know, everybody sees the seed, you know, and they see the, you know, uh, the crops, the corn in the field. But most people don't see the farmer putting that seed in the ground. 90% of the growth happens that nobody sees. Amen. And I believe that our private ministry yeah. sh- should outweigh our public ministry so much more. I can tell Amen. you, I've done this a long time. I can do a sermon. Uh-huh. And I can stir people up. That's right. But I'm only dealing with their emotions. Mm-hmm. Only God can touch their heart. Yeah. And that comes by seeking his face. And that's what happened to the people in the upper room. Yeah. They got intimate with God. Yeah, it was a fellowship with God. And that intimacy birthed ministry. One, one thing that always, and this is a big deal, and I, and I believe this because I believe that one of the things that has to come to the forefront is apostles and prophets. But uh, purpose never precedes uh, personhood in Scripture. If you ever read in, in Paul's, obviously, epistles and apostolic commands and writings, he never says, Apostle Paul. He says, Paul called to be an apostle. Yeah. Nathan, the prophet. And I believe this is, this is just me going a little rabbit trail here. Real apostolic ministry and real ministry to people is not reproducing other Abners. It's, reprodu- it's, it's releasing a grace you know, fivefold ministry is given so every person can operate in those anointings to be like Jesus, not to be the, the, the world. And, and, and this is, I'm going to harp on this too, because the next, the thing that God is doing in the earth, it is not about receiving from a ministry or a man or a woman. The, the world does, I'll just, the world does not need another Joyce Myers, another T.D. Jakes. The world needs the people of God to be like him. And in the context of that, the fivefold ministry equipping people to be like him. And yes, you will carry a certain DNA. Your, son, your son-in-law works for morning. They'll carry that DNA. But the goal is not to be Rick Joyner. The goal is to be who yeah. God has called them to be within that context. And see, what I think is happening right now is that and I've seen this for years. I've been guilty of it. I think every believer has been guilty of this. The highlight and the foundation of our Christian life was our church gatherings. That's right. We let Sunday mornings and Wednesday night, if we're really dedicated. Yeah, exactly. That was the highlight. That was the foundation of our life with Christ. And it was never intended to be that way. Our personal time with God was to be our foundation. And we were to flow in that all week and all 
when we gathered, we cel- we were to celebrate what God That's had right. done during the week. That's right. That's right. Not come and get filled up to yeah. go. To- no, you come and celebrate yeah, what God's exactly. done outside of the service. And I think that's what God's doing right now. He's bringing us back to the original intent where you know him personally, then we gather. Yeah, I, I want to, let me finish this. And then I, <laughs> no, I want to share because it goes right in line with what right. you're saying. And I believe that God, what, what God is doing is I just feel like it's important to share. God, uh, it's, it, in the context of friendship with God, it's crucial to make a record of what God has spoken and therefore promised. God enjoys visiting and abiding with his people. God has promised to draw near to those who draw near to him. Uh, during this time, we started a, a, a prayer call, and uh, it's been so beautiful, but I told the people today, just I always give a little exhortation, usually at the beginning of the call. I said, God is required to show up, if you'll show up, and you're going to be as intimate with God as you want to be. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like, it was, this is like a scripture that changed my life 20 years ago. I actually, I remember sitting 15 miles from here in a dorm room. I could bring you to that dorm room. And I said, I want to, I, I will do anything you want with my life. I'll go to Africa. I was on a uh, partial scholarship at Campbell. I'll, I'll leave, whatever you want me to do. And I said, but you must do this if I do this. If I draw near to you, you have to draw near to me. And I remember the first few days, I was like, how do people, this is so boring. Like, I, I, like no, that's it's very honest. I think it's important. It for, people be, need to hear that. Well, because... I, think, I think, too, because we, and this is another really important point, we have all been discipled before you got born again. And so we bring our undiscipled, unregenerate mind into a new kingdom, and he has to teach us how to totally do life. And I think this is really important. This is actually one of the things I believe God wants. It even goes to in line with the Sunday gathering, all that stuff, is God doesn't want to be added to your life. He wants to teach you how to see reality in every part of life. And, and people are like, well, I'm this, I'm that. No, no, you don't understand. You're an ambassador that he wants to take care of fully, but he can't take care of you fully unless you surrender every area of your life to him. So... Um, let me just finish these off real quick. Well, sort of real quick. Our, our, um, our purpose and our gifting, I just touched on this in a moment ago, is simply a fruit of our pursuit to be like him. The goal is to be like him. It's, it, the, goal, the goal is always supposed to be like him within the context, callings, gifting, but it is always to be like him. It's, that's the goal. God is, inc- God is incredibly interested and has made great investment in our daily lives. The spirit of wisdom and revelation is critical for our lives. God cannot operate in our lives beyond our place of thinking. Thinking like God is crucial to becoming like God. In this, and this is, this is what I want to jump in here with, uh, it is crucial we leave this season correctly to enter properly the next season of harvest God has prepared for the body of Christ. And there's a reason I was kind of emphasizing this because, again, I don't believe that God caused this crisis, but I believe that there was a divine opportunity, and there still is. And um, on April 16th, we we're having this prayer call, and I've shared this somewhat on a different video, but I, I, I re- very felt it was very, very important to share this tonight, and it was this. 
I was, I've had this similar visions before, experiences. We're on this call and it's like, I'm seeing these torches of fire be put around the United States. And I knew it was different than something I'd seen before. And then as I'm in this call, an angel Lord is in my little home office and he, I will always remember this because he's standing like behind the desk because like, spiritual beings can do that sort of thing. And he's looking straight at me. And he's not, not even looking straight at me. He's looking like through me. And I'm seeing the torches. I'm seeing him look at me. And, I, you know, you know how these things roll. You're going, uh, and the fear of the Lord comes in my room. And I'm going, uh, God, what's he here for? And the Lord speaks to me. He said, I'm here. He, those torches that you saw is the fire of the Lord. He's going through the United States. It's not for the world. There could be some for the world that I've seen, but this is for the body of Christ. And he said, he's looking at you and he's looking at the body of Christ to see if they leave this season correctly. Mm. And then he said to me, I'm going to judge people for how they left this season correctly. Wow. And then, um, this is just like recent, I've been getting more understanding on this. At Passover, and I think there was a reason many, Chuck, just respected prophet, emphasized that to you, and that's why I was here on, because I right. said, I'm going to listen to the word of the prophet. I'm going to, I don't want to do this at home. I want to do this with other believers as much as I can. We, you retreat in the home. And one of the things that the Lord really, in fact, it unraveled to me this afternoon was that God wanted to restore not only our internal foundation, but also people's families. Yes. Where they made their home the house of prayer they worshiped together as a family and did what you just said. They came to the house of God already living this thing out. It wasn't that they went to the house of God to get cleaned up, but that the house of God began to dwell in their homes. Yes. And that it was a, we're talking about original intent. He created a family. He created a family and established a kingdom. His idea was not another religion. Yeah. So I believe, and, and the reason I'm saying all that, because he told me that there's an appointed time, 50 days between Passover and Pentecost. And I believe that there is grace, if we haven't done it already, to adjust correctly yes. to receive what God wants to do. And, and um, we were praying today for worship and prayer in, in the body of Christ and in this, because... Um, 2008, I was in Washington, D.C., the call D.C., and the Lord speaks to me, speaks so clearly. He said to me, he said, the, the move of God that you've seen, that you've declared, prophesied, he said, it will not come without 24-hour-a-day worship and prayer in the earth. And yes, there's expressions of that, but one of the expressions, I believe, is worship and prayer in the homes of the people of God as a prophetic sign that their, their house is the altar. They have a place where they gather and it starts from the inside out. Abner, in Scripture, whenever God did something, there was always an altar. Mm. 
Calvary was an altar. Wow. The upper room was an altar because they had to sacrifice to stay. In the Old Covenant, you read how Abraham was constantly building altars. Wow. And Jacob goes back to a land called Bethel, house of El, house of God. Hmm. And 20 years earlier, Abraham at Bethel had built an altar. Hmm. Jacob the third generation, was coming back to an altar that his grandfather built. Wow. Mm. And that's where he met God. Mm. He wrestled with God. Mm. And he ran from God. Mm. But it was at an altar. Mm. The whole time you were reading this, I kept hearing Ecclesiastes 3. Mm. And I'm going to read it because yeah, I don't want to yeah, mess yeah. it no, up. No, it go. says, yeah. to everything there is a season. Wow. We are in a season right now. Yeah. A time for every purpose under heaven. Mm. And I've said this for years. Some of you that are watching, you've been in the same season for years mm -hmm. and you want to get out of it. But the reason you're not getting out of it is because you haven't fulfilled the purpose of that season. Mm. You can't leave a season until you've fulfilled its purpose. Well. There's a purpose for this season we're in right now. Right. And I believe it's to establish, and you didn't know this unless huh. you watched it. No, My I wife and I preached last night, and I called our church for the next 30 days to go back and start rebuilding the altars in their house. Wow. And my wife used the word house fires. Yeah. In the book of Acts, back to the original intent, Yeah. it said they went from house to house, yeah, breaking bread, yeah. The miracles, most of the miracles in the book of Acts, I, I can't find one that happened in the church, That's in right. the synagogue. Whoa. They happened on the way to church, Peter and John, on the way to the synagogue, yeah. healed the man, Acts 3. Most of the all the miracles I find happened in people's houses, yeah. And then they came to the synagogue and rejoiced of what God did in the houses. Well, I believe that's the purpose. I, it all lines up. The yeah. intimacy, the, the, mm -hmm. the, the purpose. I believe God's calling us to get back to the altars of our house. Mm -hmm. To where, and, and here's what's interesting. We're praying in the church, God, we want you to come. We want you to come. He's already come. Yeah. I'll never leave you. I'll never that's forsake right. you. Well, but what we're really asking for is a, the Shekinah glory. Yeah. The manifested glory. Right. Here's the sad thing, and I've been doing a lot of research on this in this time of locking away. Starting in the book of Acts for 300 years, they had a sustained Shekinah glory. It was 300. Wow. A sustained habitation of God. Wow. We're satisfied now in having visitations. Mm. God doesn't want to be a weekend guest mm. on Sunday. He wants a habitation. What would you say, just as a priest, you've been in ministry many years, you're leading a move of God here, keys to sustain? Because that's, that's been yeah. my pr prayer for years. Keys to sustain. I, I think there's four things that God's given me in this time that gets us back to the basics. Yeah. And, and I, I realized that my, my dad turned 98 years old in, uh, this year. 
Wow. Still man of God. Still with us. Hallelujah. Hmm. And the Lord reminded me of the church I grew up in. And it was interesting. They didn't have a lot of money. Hmm. They weren't prosperous. It was a small little church. But God was there. Yeah. And as I begin to think about those old church services, yeah, there was a lot of religion and a lot of stuff. But God showed up. I grew up watching the glory. I grew up watching miracles. And I began to realize as I was writing down these four things that I believe that God's calling us to sustain the glory, it's the same things that I grew up in and I saw in the old church. Hmm. Number one, they knew how to worship. And I don't talk about singing. It's not singing. There's a profound they worship God all God day long. Worship. Right. worship is not a song. Worship is like when you're washing dishes, you do it unto the Lord. Yeah. When you're cleaning your house, you're doing it unto the Lord. When you're at work, you're doing it. That's where it's a mindset. Everything yeah, yeah. I do, I want to bring God glory. The second thing they did is they knew the word. They spent time in the word. They believed the word. And I'm not just talking about the old, the New That's Testament. Right. I mean the old. Those yeah, old yeah, saints yeah, could yeah. pull out Ezekiel and Jeremiah. You yeah. know. The third thing they did, they had altars. You know, the churches we used to grow up in, all of them had an altar. And I can still hear my dad say, let's all come to the altar. I think we're supposed to reestablish when, altars in our houses, when, though. You, uh, I'll let you finish here, too. But when you said that, I just thought they created a space for people to encounter God. Yeah. Yeah. And the fourth one went with the altar, and the fourth one was prayer. Wow. Where prayer was a priority. Yeah. My dad used to have prayer revivals. Not mm. any speakers. We're going to meet together for the next seven days, seven o'clock every night. We're just going to come and pray. And I mean, I'd watch hundreds of people just show up to just get in the altar. And it wasn't like 15 minutes. It was like two hours. Wow. And miracles started happening. We have a concert. We'll pack the church out. We're going to have a prayer meeting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We've got to get back to That's one of the reasons why, you know, as a ministry, we've hosted some here. We just do these nights of prayer, worship and stuff. It's because sometimes I remember the first few I hosted, and they're like, well, when are you going to minister? I said, we're ministering now to God. This is a ministry to God meeting. And Um, I think what God's getting us back to is many times we come to church, and I'll say it even as the preacher, we come to church, what are we going to get? Church is not designed, the gathering is not designed for us to get. The original intent of the gathering is for us to meet corporately and give. That's right. That's how you sustain the Shekinah glory, mm-hmm. is you're focusing on giving to Him, not receiving. And you know this as good as I do. The more you sow to Him, yeah. the more He's going to give back to you. Yeah. But you don't go into it with the object of I'm getting. You yeah. go into it the object I'm giving. That's right. That's right. I just want to read too, and then I'm going to share, just think prophetically, and I think the Lord's going to just share some more things here. But Matthew 21, 13, and he said to him, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. And then um, I shared part of this when Michael was here, but I want to share the whole thing. On the 31st of March, um, here's some things the Lord uh, showed me, he said, in the middle of crisis, know that God is working all things for the good of his people. God will answer the prayers of his people and be faithful to his word. For the Lord says, I, I've sent my angels on assignment to respond to my people's steadfastness of faith and declaration of my word. Be on guard for what is released from your mouth in this season. For did I not say to you, death and life are in the power of a tongue. 
Do not grow weary, this will help us now, in well-doing, nor be moved by what you see. For I desire to, to, for you to see reality from my perspective. And you can believe me and trust me in this season. As you believe me, you will see provision, abundance, and breakthrough. Mm. Yes, for the Lord says, I am the God of breakthrough, and I am indeed breaking through for my people in this season. Abundance, wholeness, and surplus is my people's portion in this season. And I just see this, um, this door in the spirit open. And there's, uh, I, I've seen this many times the last few days in just a clock. And it's the appointed time for the appointed season. And the Lord says to his people tonight, do not be moved by what you see in the media for even the media is trying to corrupt and even grab my people's minds to cause them to react in an incorrect manner. The Lord says the invitation in this season is for my people to come up to the mountain of the Lord. And the Lord says when you come up to the mountain of the Lord, you'll hear and you'll see, but you'll also hear a unique sound. It's the sound of heaven. It is the rhythms of heaven. And as you hear the rhythms of heaven, a unique sound would come through your life. Did I not say through the Apostle Paul that thanks be to God who through us diffuses the fragrance of the knowledge of who he is. I want the fragrance of the knowledge of who I am to be released through my people. And as they hear what I'm saying and declare what I'm saying, I will. I just see like the things that have been holding back uh, the purposes of God to, to, to be released. And even the opening of economy in certain states, it's going to be unlocked. And you'll see a freedom. You'll see a supernatural, uh, almost like a prison door. Almost as the Apostle Paul uh, came out of prison. It seemed like out of nowhere. The Lord says, seek me, find me, hear me, and declare from my perspective. For this is a season, says the Lord, where I'm teaching my people how to be governed. Not by what they see, but what I am saying. So come close to me and know that it's a season of harvest and of breakthrough. And the Lord says it's also going to be a season of exposing. I saw this earlier tonight. The Lord says it's going to be a season of exposing. The Lord says don't worry about pointing fingers and don't worry about pointing this out and that out because the Lord says I am coming. I see this gavel and Jesus putting this gavel and he put this gavel right down in the middle of the United States and it causes an unlocking and, and, and I've seen this many times also in the last week and, and I see like these little rats and they're coming from prestigious places of power and you didn't even know they were inside these houses but they're going to come out and they're going to be exposed and the Lord says you're going to see Mahaya even in the next 30 days, corruption exposed and be put all over the media. Corruption in Washington, D.C. Corruption and unrighteousness exposed. For the Lord says, even in the middle of divine reset, I'm resetting, I'm resetting things in Washington, D.C. I'm resetting things even in Raleigh, says the Lord. And I just see the lion of the tribe of Judah roaring through the southeast tonight. And that roar will cause people to encounter him, will cause people to see him, and will cause people to have dreams with him. God encountered dreams. And the Lord says he's going to raise up the Josephs in this hour. He's going to raise up the Josephs in this hour. And he's going to give people Pentecost Day-like experiences where even as Pastor Randy said, they're going to come in 
uh, they're going to come in having experienced failure, but as they encounter the Lord, their true purpose and their true anointing will come to the surface because the Lord says, this is the, re- this is the season where I'm unlocking the gold that is inside of people as never before, and I'm causing their true identity in me to come forth. And the Lord says to his people, now is not the time to back off your unsaved relatives because it will be a season of the prodigals returning home as never before. Even in the next 30 days, some of you watching this, you're going to see the prodigals return home. And the Lord says there's a power being released that's going to be released in, uh, from the pulpits of America. A power and new messengers. And the Lord says there's a shift even in leadership, even in prominent leadership in the church, in the Western world. And the Lord says it's not going to be one or two. It will be a company of men and women working together, prophets and apostles working together for the purposes of God to be established. And the Lord says wealth is coming to the people of God as never before. Wealth as never before. Wealth to build community centers. Wealth to minister the poor. And the Lord says there's a call in the spirit to the church in America to begin to minister to the least among them as a sign to the people of God that they have authority to eradicate poverty, destruction, and 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 uh and uh, dysfunction in the lives of people. But there's also a call to take in the children. There's also a call on many to foster children. There's also a call to, the Lord says, go get the children. Go get the children. Thank you, Lord. And there's a peace that will come to you tonight. A divine peace and a divine grace. I just see this um, angel of the Lord and um, his anointing is just the peace of God. And so I just release the peace of God to the people of God. I feel like even many people uh, watching this, you love God with all your heart, but there's like even an agitation you don't even know. You, you walk with God, you, you obey him, but there's like this constant unsettledness. And even some of you who are like very go-getter type persons, this season has caused, it's been very difficult for you because you're used to just going and going. And it was actually an invitation from the Lord to get rid of that agitation. So I just release the peace of the Lord. Pastor Randy, you got anything? Just jump in here. Whoa. Amahashikaboya. You know, I, the Lord just keeps bringing me back to Isaiah 56. Mm. I've been studying that so much along with Pentecost. But in Isaiah 56, the Lord, that's the original writing when God says, for my house shall be a house of prayer for all nations. Mm. But he begins that chapter by saying that those that keep the Sabbath, Mm. we're in a divine Sabbath right now. That's right. We're learning. But then he says, the foreigner which really was talking about you and I, the Gentile. But That's right. The foreign of those outside of the church that have not been allowed into the church and the eunuchs, the unproductive, the ones wow. that he said, those are the ones I'm calling into my house. Mm. They, as you know, back in this day, if you were a eunuch or you were a foreigner, you couldn't go into the temple. Mm. God says, I'm changing my whole house. 
and it's going to be a house of prayer for all nations. And then he goes back and he warns the shepherd. But this is what I love. He says, my house shall be a house of prayer for all nations. And when you were, when the Lord is speaking through you, reminding me of that. And I'm, I want to, I want to tag along that and say, there's some of you tonight that you have sons and daughters that are running from God, sons and daughters that you've prayed for. Go back to the promise of Scripture that if you raise up a child when they in the right way, when they are older, they will not depart from it. I'm telling you, I heard in my spirit, and the Lord declares tonight, there is a reunion of families coming back. This is a season where God is speaking to wayward sons and daughters. God is speaking to prodigals. God is seeks there's there's especially some that have left home, and when they left your house, sir, it was not in a good state, y'all screaming in the yard and the neighbors saw it but I'm going to hear tell you that son's coming home, he's going to fall when you open the door he's going to be right there on his knees crying out, saying dad I met God, this is a season that God's restoring families, he's restoring marriages marriages that you're, you're saved and you go to church but it's your marriage isn't right and you're not going to divorce because you know it's not right yeah, but yeah. God, I'm telling you God's restoring intimacy, God's restoring romance, well preacher I'm 60 years old, it doesn't matter Abraham was 90 and so was and Sarah was in her 90's there's a restoration of romance and intimacy. This is a season of God renewing the family. God restoring the family. And I've really been trying to save this till Sunday, but I'm going to share it tonight. If you, you know that Jesus' own family stood against him, they called him crazy. Even Mary, and if anybody should have known who he was, Mary should have. And she said, let's go get your brothers. <laughs> he's not, he's, he's kind of off. Yeah, yeah. But in Pentecost, when they start declaring who was in the upper room, it said, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers were in that upper room. What did Jesus do? He restored his very own earthly house before he went home. And I'm telling you, Jesus is restoring homes. Jesus is restoring families. There's people that your children have told you, I don't want nothing to do with church. I don't want nothing to do with God. Mm. You keep on praying. You have authority in the spirit realm to pray. Take communion and plead the blood of Jesus over their life. I'm telling you, Abner, this is a season God's restoring families. Amen. I agree. Let it be so. Let it be so, Lord. Amen. Let it be so, Lord. Anything else you got? I just know that God's going to fill the churches back up. Mm. I mean, churches that have never been full Amen. are getting ready to be full. If, if you got a pastor watching tonight, you better get ready for a full house. Yeah, let it be so. More than one on a Sunday, two or three. But I don't think God's going to fill our churches with the people we think he's going to fill the churches mm-hmm. with. That's right. You remember he gave us the pair. I mean, everything that's happening is right here. Yeah. Jesus exactly gave the parable right. where they were creating a feast and mm-hmm. nobody wanted to come. Yeah. And Jesus said, okay, go out into the alleys and the back roads and find the homeless and the hurting and mm. bring them in. Mm. I'm telling you, God's filling our churches back up with foreigners and eunuchs and the homeless. Mm. 
Because that's what this season's all about. It's to get us back to the original intent of the church so we can reach the world for Jesus. Amen. Amen. Just to, um, thoughts here, just kind of as we, we kind of land the plane for tonight. Um, just feel like you've heard some things tonight, maybe like, oh, man, it's all good. I receive all that. Or you're kind of like, I don't really understand all this. Um, I would just encourage you in this season to go before the Lord. And even, I, I just saw when I said that, just families going before the Lord and going, Lord, how do we appropriately move into this next season? And what are you requiring of us? And be open. Revelation never goes beyond the word but often will introduce you to a new paradigm, a new way of relating to God. Um, maybe you've, I mean, it could be as simple as you've never prayed as husband and wife or never prayed as a family. You just kind of, that's what we do at church, but you've never done it. I encourage you to, to do it together and um, to do it together as one. And um, that's, that's just my encouragement to you, just a practical uh, leaving from here. And I just want to read this because this is uh, one of my, I always call it favorite thousand. But if I wanted to sum up uh, connecting with God, it's, it's Jeremiah 9. And there could be several I use, but I, I love Jeremiah 9, 23. It says, thus says the Lord, let, the not, let not the wise man glory in his own wisdom. Let, and, and one of my favorite things I love to say is, if you walk with God and obey him, he'll make you look really smart. Yeah. <laughs> let not the mighty man glory in his own might. And we know, even, even relating to the Lord, like anything that you do for God, it's, it, it, he's first given to you as a gift to do. And you can't, it's like, you can't even connect with God. You can't even draw near to God unless he gives you the power to do it. But he can't do what he's asked you to do. So it's not in your own might. It's always in him, through him, to him. And let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this that he understands me and knows me, that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment, righteousness in the earth, for in these I delight, says the Lord. So I I just believe that's a verse that just kind of encapsulates a little bit of what God is saying, what God is calling us to do. And um, you got anything else before we just land the plane? I just, you know, in this season of 30 days before Pentecost. It's 30 now. Well, close to it. May 31st is Pentecost Sunday. Okay. I don't believe that, I don't believe what God's saying is we go to the Lord in prayer and talk about the president and talk about the governor and, oh God, I want you. No. That's right. Yeah, Yeah. It's a season that we go get to God and tell God, you know, Isaiah 6 says, when King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Yeah. High and lifted up. Our yeah. prayer time is for us to see the Lord. Yeah. Not our circumstances. Amen. If we l- focus on the Lord, yeah. He'll take care of our circumstances. That's right. That's right. And that, I just, I'm guilty of it. You know, yeah. you go in and, Lord, I want you to do this. But the key is this. This will be the last thing I'll say. Huh. Isaiah prophesied about take Jesus. Take your time, coming. man of God. <laughs> Isaiah prophesied about Jesus coming. He says, his name should be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. But he says, the government will be upon his shoulders. Mm. He's carrying the government. That's right. Which means he's got it. 
Yeah. <laughs> Pharaoh was in his hand. Yeah. Nebuchadnezzar was in his hand. Well. Donald Trump, Governor Cooper, whatever right. state you're watching in, yeah. they're not out of the hand of God. That's right. And so, in this time, let's King, just see King's, the Lord. King's heart is in the heart. Yes. Let's just see the Lord high and lifted up. Amen. And as we do that, it will release a power that will change everything else. Yeah. I, I would just, I was just thinking, I've learned that in connecting with God and fellowship with God, there's, there's a rhythm. And uh, every morning, so one of the first things I do, and there's a rhythm in relating to God. There's some mornings where I just, hey, let's worship. And there's some mornings, a few mornings ago, it was just most of the morning was just really quiet before the Lord. Then there's other mornings where it's like this flow of tongues and worship. So there's a rhythm and there's a cadence that is unique to you, but only you can discover it by engaging God. And so it, I just encourage you to discover that rhythm. And um, I, I just want to do one thing here. Thank um, Pastor Randy, Gospel Tabernacle. There's a whole crew here that have been so kind to help us. Uh, I asked him if we could if we could host it and he was kind enough to do that, and it's just been amazing. I want to thank our partners and friends who are, are standing with us during this time. I, I wrote in my letter to you guys uh, today, and I'm so thankful you're standing with us. And uh, I also just want to encourage you, uh, and, and I believe that there's a grace to do this. I haven't asked you to do this, but uh, your tithe belongs to your local house. But if you want to, I, I just believe, I, I've sensed this, that God's people need to sow. If it's not our ministry, so into good soil. If you, you've received and, and maybe you bring that before the Lord, you want to sow a seed, you can do it on abnerswars.com. But sow in this season. Don't believe that lie that God doesn't care what you give. He is, cares about what you give because it's a tool he uses in his hand and he's watching over your giving. And I want to encourage you, Live out of that place of generosity. If, if, if that's something you haven't quite understood or you get upset about that, bring it before the Lord. At God, show me. Because I'm telling you, this is a time to sow in famine. And I believe God's people are just going to break through in this season. Uh, Pastor Randy, you want to pray anything yeah. for the people? And then I'll just agree with you. Lord, we just uh, thank you for this time tonight. We believe that even as we were speaking, people were being healed. Mm -hmm. People were being encouraged. The word of the Lord about peace. Mm. It was a blanket of peace and a, like a shower of peace came on people. Mm. Lord, I believe with everything in me that you are positioning us for increase and breakthrough. Mm. Things that are going to begin to accelerate and things are going to begin to have more fruitfulness than ever before. Mm. I believe, God, as sudden as this virus came in, it's going to suddenly leave. Mm. And there's going to be a suddenly. We've been praying about suddenlies, preaching about suddenlies. But I believe the body of Christ is going to see a suddenly of God, mm. just like at Pentecost. So we bless the people that are watching. We declare this is their going to be their greatest year. Yeah. This is going to be the year that God performs mightily for them. Fine. This is going to be the year that they get the desires of their heart. This is going to be the year that revenge is, our revenge is going to be revival. Mm -hmm. This is going to be the year that God's turning some things around. This is going to be the year of household salvation. This is going to be the year. 
God's not done with 2020. The devil thought he was going to take it, but the Lord's taken it back. And what the devil meant for evil, God is turning for your good. And we decree that tonight in Jesus' name. And I just see, um, as he was praying, I just saw like a wind, and it was a wind of peace. And I see Jesus just marking. So I just encourage you, Brother Roberts, years ago, you said, create a point of contact. There's an impartation tonight for just intimacy and fellowship with the Lord as never before. And so I release the fire of the hand of Jesus be upon your chest. Song of Solomon 8 verse 6, that he would set himself as a seal of fire, that your whole family would be consumed with the fire of his love and the knowledge of who he is. May you become a theologian of the beauty of the Lord. May you not just know about God, but may you know the ways of God. May the voice of God be your portion. May words from heaven, word after word after word, may the living word of Scripture come alive to you. May the spirit of wisdom and revelation be your portion. And I command healing in your body tonight. There's like somebody, you're, you're like riddled with at least four things. And I just command the spirit of infirmity to go. Go now. There it goes. Depression. Go now. Generational spirit of unsettledness. Go now. Healing in your right knee. Lower back. Arthritis. Even COVID-19. Bow at the name of yes. Jesus. And I see like, um, it's like these two angels and it's like they have these scrolls and, and they represent just revelation of who God is and the word of God. And I command, now, in Jesus' name, just revelation of the beauty of the Lord be given to you. And may you be marked with Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. Peace to you. Shalom to you. The Lord bless and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you and grant you shalom. Guys, thank you for joining us. Uh, we will actually will be back Saturday. Do you have something going on tomorrow? No. Okay. No Facebook Live for Gospel Tabernacle. Well, no actually, our Hispanic yeah, service will be on at 7 o'clock tomorrow okay. night. 7 o'clock, if you want to see that. And then 6.30, we're really excited. And there's going to be an opportunity for you to send your prayer requests, send your healing tests. We'll actually pray for those on the air. Uh, we were going to do some questions tonight, but we didn't really get a lot, and there's no anointing to do it. So <laughs> we're not going to do it. Sorry, uh, somewhat false advertising. I'll answer that one person that did send a really good question. Bless you guys. Thank you for joining us. And uh, don't grow weary in well-doing. Thanks a lot. Bless you guys. Amen.